with the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God on this Thursday, July the 7th, 2022. Here's a question for you. You know, uh, all of this uh, Putin tax hike stuff that we're being told from the administration. What is life like under the heavily sanctioned Russian economy right now? We've invited Konstantin Shmoylov uh, to be our guest. He is from a YouTube channel called Inside Russia, a channel that I have been watching, you know, getting some great insight. And he's going to be sharing with us what life is like in Russia right now under these big and heavy sanctions. What do Russians think about the current military operations in Ukraine? All of that coming up at 35 past the hour. Tito Edwards from BigPulpit.com is going to be on to cover the story coming out of the Vatican about His Holiness Pope Francis appointing women to help pick bishops. That's kind of an interesting story. Uh, Revolts seem to have broken out in Australia over women's roles in the church today. We'll cover that with Tito as well. And then Phil Lawler from CatholicCulture.org is going to be our guest at the top of the next hour, our second hour, to talk about how not to respond to Roe. But we might also ask his opinions on his recent articles on the liturgical document that Pope uh, Francis recently um, promulgated, as well as the uh, abortion communion debate in regards to the Pope's recent interview. All of that coming up today on Catholic Drive Time. It's going to be a fantastic show. Hopefully you can join us for all or most of it. Lots in the news. 46 abortion centers have closed so far. Praise be to God. Uh, Disney's stock is plummeting 45% amid the light year flop and the pro-LGBTQ crazy advocacy that they've been espousing lately. That's good news. Uh, The father of the 4th of July shooting suspect uh, basically helped him buy his guns after, after the police flagged him as a clear and present danger. Huh. I guess those red flag laws didn't work. A Catholic priest in uh, Hong Kong is warning that it's going to get much harder for missionaries in Hong Kong under the current regime in China. Keep that into perspective as the China-Vatican deal is probably going to be renewed. We still don't know what that all means. And according to a recent Reuters report, more than 5 million barrels of oil, part of the historic release of strategic reserves, which was a release so that you could have some relief at the gas pump. Well, 5 million barrels of your prime crude was shipped to China, India, and other foreign countries. So, enjoy that. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. (laughs) How do you follow that, Joe? I I don't know how to follow that. Well, it's a good thing gas prices are not at a historic high. Well, I wouldn't know. That would be offensive. I wouldn't know. I have one of the fancy Teslas, and uh, do you? Do you got the plaid? Oh, you peasants! Uh, <laughs> you still using oil? Still using oil? <laughs> Just kidding. No, yeah. I have a, a four-cylinder, so I, don't, I haven't been as hit you have a, as hard. That has so. a four-cylinder. Yeah. A Camry. Yep. Wow. Yeah. I thought they were all six. There are six versions, but yeah. uh, no, I got a yeah. four, so yeah. I'm not. Not hurting all that bad, and I I live five minutes away, so. (laughs) (laughs) The four cylinders looking pretty good right about now. Yeah, it is. Yesterday, we were talking about the old Geo Metro, three cylinders of awesomeness. I get one of those. Man, I bet they're a premium price. I should look them up. I wonder what they go for. 
Oh, it's like it's like 1994. Might be worth it with gas prices, though, right? You invest in it at three cylinder. It got like 60 miles to the gallon. Hmm. It's pretty good for 94. It's not bad. It's pretty good. Yeah. Speaking of pretty good, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. <gasps> howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. Is it? It is. Praise be to God. It's been a wild morning, but you know, praise be to God. It's good to be here. Yeah. Amen to that. Uh, you you made it. Praise God. We're grateful that you are alive and well. Barely, and just barely. Just, but only just barely. But uh, we are going to have a great show today. We have a very interesting saint of the day. I handpicked this one personally, knowing that Adrian would struggle to say some of the words. It's going to be, and the entire thing's going to be in Chinese, isn't it? <laughs> You're about to find out. So that's coming up here in just a moment. Of course, we have the gospel of the day headed your way with some commentary. And then, as I said, Tito Edwards, we're going to have uh, uh, our friend from Russia, uh, Konstantin Smoilov, is going to be on. And then uh, Phil Lawler in the next hour. It's going to be a jam-packed show. Join us and share us with a friend. We would be super grateful to you. Shall we begin with prayer? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your headlines with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. Today's Thursday, July 7th, and here are your headlines this morning. This is a pretty crazy story. This one's from Breitbart. Two foreign nationals arrested for 4th of July mass shooting plot in Virginia. This isn't the one that you've heard of. Richmond Police Chief Gerald Smith announced the arrest of 52-year-old Julio Alvarado Dubon and 38-year-old Roman A. Bala Carcel. The two foreign nationals behind an alleged plot to carry out a mass shooting on July 4th. Their intent was to conduct a mass shooting at a 4th of July celebration, Smith said. According to Smith, a hero citizen called the Richmond Police Department on July 1st to report that he had overheard a man discussing the plan to shoot up the city's 4th of July celebration. Police raided Dubon's residence to find two rifles, a handgun, and ammunition. Dubon was subsequently charged with being in possession of a firearm as an illegal alien to the United States. The Epic Times reports Illinois shooting suspect confessed and contemplated a second shooting. Now this one is Robert Cremo III also attempt, contemplated firing on another Independence Day celebration in an adjoining state, but ultimately decided not to because he felt he wasn't prepared enough, according to officials. Law enforcement officials have largely batted away questions about motive, but offered a new detail after the court hearing. Now, this is interesting. He says he had some type of affinity towards the numbers 4 and 7, and inverse with 74, an official said. It apparently comes from the music he was interested in. Primo, who's been charged with seven counts of first-degree murder, faces a mandatory life sentence without the possibility of parole if convicted, notwithstanding federal charges that may be brought. The Epic Times reports Pennsylvania teachers suspended after discussion on standing for Pledge of Allegiance and offends students. A Pennsylvania history teacher has been suspended without pay after a discussion about standing during the Pledge of Allegiance. And uh, that apparently offended some of her 12 and 13 year old uh, 7th grade students. They went on to create a TikTok channel uh, trying to get her fired. And she was. Gateway Pundit reports. Georgia Guidestones Monument bombed at 4 a.m. Structure represents New World Order and calls for a significantly smaller human population. 
The Georgia Guidestones were 19-foot granite monoliths and were inscribed with 10 messages that were etched in stone in eight different languages, including Arabic, Chinese, English, Hebrew, Swahili, Russian, Hindi, and Spanish. The message is known as the Guiding Principles Advocate for Population Reduction Control, uh, Reproduction Control, rather, Environmentalism, and Internationalism. Authorities are investigating how the monument was reduced to rubble around 4 a.m. They say unknown individuals detonated an explosive device, according to the Georgia Bureau of Investigation. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. And before the saying of the day, we just have to, you know, give a shout out to a very happy birthday to Mr. Joe McLean. So we got to do that. So say a prayer for Mr. Joe McLean today. The saying of the day is blessed Peter Torot. Born in 1912 in Rakunui, East New Britain, part of the modern-day Papua New Guinea, son of Angelo Tupuia, a village chief, and Maria Latumul, an adult convert who were part of the region's first generation of Catholics. Peter was a pious boy, and though somewhat drawn to religious life, he became a lay catechist, and he worked with missionaries in the area. An excellent teacher and organizer of classes, he constantly carried and taught from his Bible. Married to Paula Lavarpit on the 11th of November 1936, he was a father of three, one child who died in infancy, another soon after the war. In 1942, all the missionaries and their staff were arrested by the invading Japanese armies and were lodged in concentration camps. Peter continued to lead the faithful of his village as best he could, caring for the sick, baptizing and teaching the converts, helping the poor. When the war began to go against them, the Japanese began to repress the locals, forbidding Christianity and pushing for a return to pre-Christian ways, particularly of polygamy. Peter opposed the regression and was arrested in 1945 for conducting religious gatherings. Imprisoned in a cave, he was so well-known, supported and beloved by those who knew him that he continued to be a source of strength to his people and of annoyance to his captors. He became a martyr, poisoned and suffocated on the 7th of July, 1945, in a Japanese concentration camp at Rakanui, East New Britain, which is now Papua New Guinea. Blessed Peter Torot, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 10, verses 7 through 15. Jesus said to his, his apostles, As you go, make this proclamation. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, drive out demons. Without cost you have received, without cost you are to give. Do not take gold or silver or copper for your belts, no sack for the journey or a second tunic or sandals, or walking stick. The laborer deserves his keep. Whatever town or village you enter, look for a worthy person in it and stay there until you leave. As you enter a house, wish it peace. If the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. If not, let your peace return to you. Whoever will not receive you or listens to your words, go outside that house or town and shake the dust from your feet. Amen, I say to you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for that town. The Gospel of the Lord.
Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. For, says St. Chrysostom, they are not sent to announce sensible things, like Moses and the prophets, but something wholly new and before unheard of. They are not like the prophets to confine themselves to the preaching of temporal things. Their doctrine is wholly heavenly. They are sent to announce the good things of eternity. Hmm... Let that sink in about how much we focus on the here, the now, these material aspects of life. Corporate works of charity and mercy are of a part of our mission, but they aren't the chief component. That's for sure. Haydock's commentary goes on to say, Christ not only gave them power to preach, but also to work miracles in order, to, in order says St. Gregory the Great, that works might give force and efficacy to their words that as their doctrine was new, so their works might be new. And such as were before unheard of, says St. Jerome also, men would never have given a cre any credit to the apostles, unlearned and illiterate as they were, had they not been able to work miracles in proof of the great promises they made to them of heaven. Close quote. Hmm. Hadock goes on to say, If men will not hearken to your instructions, you have this comfort and peace of mind that you have discharged your duty. That's right. Because success is not our responsibility. Effort and attitude is. It's something we all have access to, and that's our e part of the equation. God determines success. Ignatius Catholic Commentary goes on to say, Palestinian Jews shook the dust from their sandals when leaving Gentile territory and re-entering the Holy Land. It was a derogatory statement against the uncleanness of Gentiles as pagans. Jesus commands a similar gesture to signify judgment on those who reject the gospel. St. Chrysostom would say, quote, He orders them to do this to show that they would have nothing in common with them, since they left them even their dust. Or it may be to show that the dust which they had gathered in their journey would be a testimony against them in the day of judgment, because they had refused to receive them. And the Jews were accustomed to perform some remarkable action for some great crime committed. Thus, when they heard blasphemy, they tore their garments. Close quote, synchrosystem. That's right. We must do what we can while we have the opportunity to do it. To seek for the salvation of souls. Not just the material comforts and relief of suffering on this world. We should do that, but not just that. Their salvation, their eternal destiny is our primary concern. And if we have done all we can, and they do not listen, if they refuse, then we shake the dust. We've done what we can. We entrust them to Our Lady and to our Lord. May God have mercy on their souls. We'll be right back. Tito Edwards, BigBulba.com is coming up next. Some Protestants like to charge the Catholic Church with changing the Ten Commandments because it omits the prohibition of making graven images found in Exodus 20. But is this true? No. And here's the reason why. Like Augustine, the Catholic Church sees the prohibition of making graven images as merely an extension of the first commandment. You shall have no other gods before me. In light of the context, it seems that Augustine was right. For immediately after God prohibits the making of graven images, he says in verse 5, You shall not bow down to them or serve them. The prohibition is against idolatry, not the making of images in an absolute sense. 
So the Catholic Church didn't change the Ten Commandments. And it's not guilty of idolatry and having statues in its places of worship. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers. Catholic.com There will come a day when each of us will be asked to review the movie of our life and give an account to God. We will sorrowfully relive the bad times and joyfully revisit the good. Thankfully, no matter what you've done, there is hope. Since Jesus came not to condemn the world, but to save it. So if you've been away from church for a while, we invite you to come home and find the peace that only comes from God. Visit CatholicsComeHome.org. Me to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Coming up at 35 past the hour, we're going to have a conversation with Konstantin Smoylov, who is the the guy behind a YouTube channel called Inside Russia, a channel that I've been paying much attention to, especially since the invasion of Ukraine. And uh, what is life like in Russia amidst some of the heaviest sanctions Uh, from most of the Western countries. Uh, We're going to have that conversation. And what do Russians think about the military operation there? Uh, What is censorship like there? There's a lot of questions I want to ask Constantine, and that's coming up at 35 past the hour. Joining us right now, though, is uh, editor-in-chief or editor-at-large, Tito Edwards from BigPulpit.com. Good morning to you, Tito. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Rudy. Good morning, Adrian. How are you all doing? Praise be to God. We are alive, and that counts. How are you? I guess barely alive, <laughs> alive, but at what cost? <laughs> well, I hope you're doing all right there, Tito. Uh, there was an interesting story that came out that's uh, started to make some uh, waves around the Catholic internet. Pope Francis announces appointment of women to committee selecting new bishops. What's going on here? Well, he's just uh, appointing uh, lay people and religious to the to, to the office that helps select the candidates. Uh, for the office of bishop, wherever they may be, um, it's it's a it's a non-story, I think. But people uh, will make more of it than than it should be. Just like that, uh, the the plenary uh, synod that's going on down there in Australia. That article you sent me earlier. It, it seems to be that there's a mini revolt concerning uh, the election of deacons uh, to to open it up to women. And, and, and that's the thing is, is <clears throat> will anyone explain what's going on? Actually, deaconesses were actually the wives of deacons. It was not a formal or even informal role for the women to do anything whatsoever outside of that they were married to a deacon. Yes, there were some deaconesses who were allowed to go in the change room in baptismal garments for women but other than that, it's 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 a lot of hay over nothing, just like the appointment of women to the office that picks the bishops. Yeah, and wasn't it? Didn't the Vatican come out with a study and they basically confirmed that like a couple of years ago? Yes, uh, one of many studies over the decades that have come out, and I think they have another study. Uh, well, it's the same study. When that came out, Pope Francis said we should have further study on this. So they're going to investigate even further, but but it, it is Pope Francis is just being kind and nice to those people that are demanding 
women priests and women bishops and women popes, uh, basically. Okay, so there are there are. Uh, a certain number of Catholics, anyway, who are seeing this as a step towards a more progressive future. Is that how we're interpreting this? Yes, that's how some. That's the narrative that would like to be pushed. Uh, a more progressive future uh, means <clears throat> we should be kind to our neighbor. We should need, we need to step out of ourselves. And a more progressive future does not mean that we're going to have Pope Francesca in the near future. Mm. You know, Tito, it's interesting that uh, this topic comes up again and again and again because some would argue that whenever John Paul II came out and said that the church has no authority whatsoever to confer priestly ordinations on women and the judgment is definitively held by all the church's faithful, uh, some might say that that was an infallible statement. Some uh, argue that that was him using his, his authority as the vicar of Christ on earth to declare it infallible. And it is clear that women cannot be ordained. Now, people might argue, okay, well, when we're talking deaconesses, we're not meaning ordained deaconesses. We mean uh, just in a physical capacity. And I think a lot of the problem becomes, and tell me what you think about this, Tito. I think a lot of the problem becomes we kind of already have women doing all the jobs that a deacon can do, except that of order, of baptisms and in some cases, they are preaching. Some cases, they are doing the readings. And so, what really, what is being changed? Uh, Nothing is being changed. It, it's, a, a, it's a narrative that is being pushed hard. I, I remember the moment when Sister Chichester, I believe is her name, in a public forum, demanded the priesthood be open to women in front of Pope St. John Paul II, and, and within a, a couple of years or so, that same document that you're referencing came out saying it is impossible. It's, it, 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 the reaction was, it, the, it, it's impossible to ordain women to the priesthood. So the progressives went and said, okay, let's ask the question again, and then took a stick and beat the, the hornet's side, you know? So... It, it, they're never going to be satisfied. They're never going to accept the teachings of the church. They're never going to accept the definitive statement, a motu proprio, a papal bull, what have you, uh, for, for these progressives to be satisfied with any answer. And hence, we, we had that little fiasco down under uh, in Australia. And, and by the way, the Catholic Weekly down in Australia is a fine uh, Catholic paper down there. Yeah. Just had a stick. Point that out. Yesterday we covered the story of uh, the, the mass nightmare with David O. Gray that took place down in Australia as related to this plenary uh, council meeting here, which was absolutely atrocious to have someone who's calling on the spirits at or before a holy mass is absolutely insane. I don't understand how how that gets tolerated. I get that there's folks that just don't understand that you, you're thinking you might be able to call upon your ancestors, but that's not possible. That's necromancy. It's the demons that you're actually talking to. You're just being manipulated by them. Why wouldn't some Catholic bishop or priest step up and say, this is unacceptable, we can't be doing this? Why, what do you think is going on down there, Tito Edwards? In their unlimited charity, many of the bishops mistake prudence for not doing anything at all. Someone should have stepped in there and explained to them what was going on. Uh, they, they don't have 
uh, a, a sister uh, who's the EWTN patroness. <laughs> mother, Angelica. mother Angelica. They don't have a Mother Angelica to correct them when a woman comes out and plays Jesus in the Stations of the Cross. Mm-hmm. Did, yeah. did the bishop come out and say anything? No. Who was the bishop at the time anyways? It was Mother Angelica that stepped up to the plate and, and was upset about that. It's just people, people mistaking charity for accepting uh, error and 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 uh, and and falsehoods. It's you're right. Where are the bishops? Where is the bishop? Where is a layperson? Where is that person down in Australia that will some say something and do something and explain this is wrong? It, it's just it's just frustrating. And 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 I believe uh, what we're doing is is the right thing. We're discussing it. We're we're setting the record straight. It's it's what. One of the many few things that the, the documents of Vatican II have stated that, that anyone is even following is that the lay people need to step up and do, do and, and say things about that, just like this great radio station. Yeah, Mr. Edwards, you know, it, there, it's also, on the other hand, it's bad optics, right? It's, uh, it's uh, kind of a schizophrenic thing to have um, something that is maybe, uh, I find it hard to say that it was pagan, maybe it was. Um, but oftentimes we do see pagan stuff in the mass. What do you think? I want to get your take on what do you think about cultural masses? Cultural masses are fine as long as they are with, they adhere to to the rights of the mass the way that they should be done. And I'm and I'm not talking to what people think the rights of the mass are. It's it's what the the documents in, in uh, I think Adrian might be able to know Sacrosanctum Concilium or something like that. Where, where, where they have, where they updated the the, the right of the mass. For, for example, in, in parts of Africa, they have the, the Zulu uh, right, not use, where they have, instead of th- uh, torches, they carry uh, uh, spears, black spears for mass, the altar servers. <laughs> but to, to, to what they did at the beginning of the mass, that has nothing to do. Uh, with acculturation, acculturation. That is exactly what happened at St. Peter's Basilica with the Pachamama. It's a pagan activity. It's pagan mm. practice. They need yeah. to uh, uh, sanctify that church or whatever setting that was. That was, if it was in a holy place or a sacred space, to to cleanse that place of spirits. Because when you're when you're summoning spirits, there's only two things that happens: nothing, or you're actually summoning a demon. So, so yes, that that that's uh, as far as acculturation, and um, th- there are some limits to what we can do, and that is not one of them. Thanks, Tito. You mentioning altar servers with spears. Now my sons want the Zulu <laughs> right to be said at our parish. Yeah, thanks, thanks for that. Appreciate it. Uh, we're we're down to a couple minutes now with Tito Edwards from BigPulpit.com. What else uh, is on your radar? I know you're doing a little bit of a break here uh, during the summer for a restructuring, but uh, what else are you tracking? Well, <clears throat> right now, uh, what I'm looking at is is uh, is what's going on in Germany. With the Senate, it's surprising to read what happened down in Australia that it hasn't happened in Germany yet. But uh, uh, just keeping my hand on the pulse of what's going on over there, I I don't think any of them is getting a, an idea of of the the grave matter of what's going on down there. Cardinal Marx seems to uh, just he just doesn't. 
see what we see of what's going on down there, what they're trying to raise, what they want to address when, when they issue. This is not the, the Anglican Church. This is not the Church of England where you vote on matters of faith, and that's that. And we don't have a house of bishops. The Synod is supposed to go and, and ex, uh, explore the, the depths of their faith and ask questions of what this means, what that means. It's not out there to to start an entirely new church. I, I, I mean, God bless the Germans for causing so many problems in the 20th century, not to forget uh, Martin Luther mm. in the in the middle of the 15th, 16th century. But my goodness, I, 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 we're not heading towards schism, but man, does it look like it, walk like it, and smell like it. Well, then, I mean, how can you say we're not heading towards schism if it does look like it, walk like it, and smell like it? it I mean, I think we're on the walk press. Walk like apologetics? Exactly. I mean, it's <laughs> we're right there. I, we're we're right there. I, I think what's the worst case scenario is many many not the bishops because they'll they'll correct themselves in Germany. I believe. I hope so. I just see large swaths of the church uh, just breaking away from the, from the Catholic Church in Germany. You know, the, uh, the night before King Henry VIII decided to confiscate all church property and force all uh, clergy members to sign an oath of loyalty. Uh, probably looked a lot like this, because how, how else do you get a lot of bishops and clergy members in England to go along with it? No problem. Uh, the night before Martin Luther was confronted with the Diet of Worms, I'm sure looked a lot like this, uh, because how else do you get uh, so many to just go along with this? I, I think we're there, and I think it would be naive for us to suggest that it's all going to somehow turn out okay. Uh, it's like wanting our kids... It's like wanting our kids to do the right thing, even though we refuse to correct them in that. So, golly, Juez, let's pray for uh, His Holiness Pope Francis and the bishops to, to step up and to correct wayward children because they are in need of some discipline here. The faithful are scandalized. But uh, Tito Edwards, we're grateful that you're tracking all these stories over at BigPulpit.com. God bless you, brother. Have a great Thank day. You. Right after this very quick break, we're going to come back. Rudy Carlos says more breaking news and stories. And then we're going to look at life inside Russia. All that coming up next. Men, it's time. Moral relativism is growing and the soul of our nation is at stake. Nowhere is it more manifestly obvious than with the daily ongoing mass murder of abortion. As leaders, protectors, and providers, we must go first. In facing reality, taking responsibility, repenting for what we've done and haven't done, and resolving to do more. The opportunity is before us on Saturday, June 11th, the weekend before Father's Day in Tallahassee, Florida. We'll be gathering at 12 p.m. and embarking on a four-mile march of prayer and sacrifice that will culminate in a 2 p.m. rally at the Florida State Capitol. We welcome all women, children, and families to join us in standing up for the personhood of the preborn at the 2 p.m. rally. We're also hoping Governor Ron DeSantis will join us and assure us that he will lead on life. Join us June 11th in Tallahassee. For more information, go to the Men's March Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. We're currently cruising at 39,000 feet. We'll turn that seatbelt sign off for you and let you move about the cabin. Looks like we're about two hours and ten minutes from landing. Plenty of time for you to meditate on Christ's passion. Wouldn't it be great if everyone meditated daily on our Lord's passion? Why not start today? A friendly suggestion from Guadalupe Radio Network. 
Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And now more headlines. The Blaze Report's expose reveals Twitter and other social media platforms routinely hire former feds. It's a revolving door, they say. Alan McLeod of Mint Press News has just released an expose of the hiring practices in Silicon Valley, particularly at Twitter, and his findings suggest that many social media companies have filled some of their highest security positions and most influential positions with former members of the federal agencies, including the FBI, CIA, and the military. McLeod carefully noted, however, that none of the persons mentioned in his piece are considered bad actors and that there's a limited pool, limited pool of people qualified for these sorts of fields. However, McLeod has also argued that it, the career pipeline from federal agency to social media platforms is both bad optics and, as Rowley says, a conflict of interest. Breitbart reports Florida man, fill in the blank, just kidding, Florida man lifts upside down Jeep to help save a trapped child. A child in Florida caught in a dangerous situation was saved thanks to a quick-thinking citizen. The Jeep flipped over along State Road 100 and John Anderson Boulevard, according to the Flagler Beach Fire Department. The first arriving unit on the scene upgraded the incident to a level one mass casualty incident, the agency said. Meanwhile, Dormaville, the Florida man, said he saw the crash and immediately dialed 911 for help. Moments later, he rushed over to lift the vehicle so the child could be pulled out. Following the incident, three adults and the toddler were taken to a local hospital where the boy is recovering. And Catholic Vote reports, My Body, My Choice, no longer polling well with Democrats, according to strategists. According to the strategists, the slogan, My Body, My Choice, is no longer polling well with Democrats because of its association with opposition to vaccine mandates. Feminist activists adopted the phrase years ago, and until recently it was synonymous with so-called abortion rights. However, after state officials and corporations started requiring the COVID vaccine to access public transportation, attend school, and even keep a job, many critics began to use My Body, My Choice as a slogan against the mandates. You love to see it. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up today. Don't forget, today is Thursday, which means I send out the CDT Insider email today, a little uh, nugget just for your entertainment. I always look for something cool, so I'll be doing that Later today, if you're not on the list and you would like to join our list, go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Look for the CDT Insider email uh, link. You'll be able to sign up. just takes a moment or two. And we send you cool stuff every single week. And it's usually Thursdays around uh, noon central time. Again, go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Or pull out your cell phone and text the letters GRN. So the number 42828, that's text G-R-N to the number 42828. That'll also get you on the email list. Joining us right now via Zoom chat is Konstantin Smoilov. He is uh, the host of Inside Russia, a YouTube channel that I've been watching quite a bit of. It's given us great insight into uh, the other side of the equation. Uh, here in the West, we get a lot of news about the military conflict in Ukraine. Um, but what is it like on the other side? I pay a lot of attention to what Konstantin has to say, and he's joining us now. We're grateful to you. Good morning, Konstantin Smoilov. Good afternoon, friends. Uh, good morning for you. Good afternoon for me. Yeah, praise be to God. What time is it in Russia right now? This is 4.35 p.m. I'm on Moscow time, although I'm not in Moscow. Yeah, excellent. Well, we're grateful for your time. Thank you for being here. Um, I, I, let's just, because we're on limited time, let me just 
just point out that you probably have to be very careful of what you say, I imagine. Very much so. So, uh, so we're just going to make the statement, read between the lines. I think that's one of, your, uh, one of the things you say frequently. So with that, let's just ask the question. Uh, in, the, in the West, we're told that some of the heaviest sanctions have been placed upon Russia for the military conflict in Ukraine. Uh, many Western companies have left Russia, have abandoned Russia. And I, we have always maintained that we don't feel like it's ethical to punish the people for the decisions governments make. But nonetheless, that's where we are at. So what is life like in Russia under these heavy sanctions? Well, first of all, uh, sanctions, in my mind, is not the biggest problem that Russia has. Sanctions are affecting us, have been affecting us for the past four months, um, you know, economically, so to speak. Uh, but the bigger problem is the Russia's actions what it's doing in a neighboring country. And that's what really concerns me the most. The sanctions are the reaction for certain actions. And it, it's obvious that if you do some actions, you get the reaction. So Russia got the reaction in terms of, in form of sanctions. In general, things are not too well. Many companies, Western companies, pulled out of Russia uh, almost immediately after February 24th. Um, you know, the ones, very few who re that remain, they are planning, they have announced either cutting down operations in Russia or leaving. And right now I'm seeing food companies are staying in Russia that provide basic food like baby formula and things like that. Uh, but um, most of Western companies are leaving or left already. Hmm. And uh, there's still food on the shelves. You still have gas at the gas stations. I mean, the, the basic necessities, you're not suffering in any way on that, in that regard? Not in any way whatsoever. We have plenty of everything. The biggest problem is people don't have much money to pay for things that are sold right now. I see. And what we're feeling is uh, our wallets are becoming thinner. So many more people, uh, so many people have lost their jobs or on the verge of losing their jobs. I myself, um, under the question, my company has been one of the leaders in um, power facility construction here in Russia and in Kazakhstan. And basically all our work, I mean, we are very specialized companies. We build power plants and all, all our market has imploded. Oh, wow. All our projects have paused because they're not financed by banks anymore. There's turmoil everywhere and the future is absolutely unknown. And, you know, people getting fired left and right by thousands, hundreds of thousands. And that's the biggest problem. You see, Russia produces uh, lots of food, you know, lots of like wheat. We have like huge agricultural industry. We will not starve. We will always have food because we are people can do what we used to do in back in the USSR. We used to plant potatoes in May. I used to do that as a kid, helping my parents. We would harvest potatoes in September, and it, they would get us by <laughs> through the winter, you know. Mm. We can go and do it again if worse comes to worse. So we're not going to starve. But 
what's gonna happen to us is we will not have any money. We will not have jobs. We we're gonna be um, financially ruined, basically. Uh, Mr. Constantine, you know one of the one of the the headlines that we've read here in the West is that these sanctions were were created in order to uh, to cripple the the Russian economy and to lower the value of the ruble. Um, but I've also seen opposing uh, stories that say that the ruble is recovering. And from what you're telling me, it seems as if there's a pretty high inflation in your country right now. Is that correct? Um, there are, let me answer this question as a whole, you know, mm-hmm. um, inflation is high. That's correct. But I would question your sources. Yeah. Where you get information about Russian economy, the ruble, the ruble is strong. Russian economy is strong, hasn't been affected much and so forth because you see what happened. The ruble is strong. Yes, mm-hmm. it is. And it's probably, well, it's the most definitely strongest since 2015, but its strength is artificial. Mm-hmm. The government have placed limitations on free market. We cannot go go ahead and exchange rubles for dollars. Right. Okay. We cannot withdraw dollars from the banks and have cash in our hands. We just have dollars in our bank accounts. And companies who receive dollar payments, they must sell 80%, then first 80, then now 50, within thir- three working days. They cannot keep foreign currency. Measures like that have strengthened the ruble, but the strength is artificial. As soon as they let people go and exchange the rubles for dollars freely, rubles gonna fall, okay? And um, a lot of Russians are saying, well, ain't this great, you know, ruble is strong again, and so what? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If it was a free market, you know, the, the situation with ruble wasn't regulated, then I would say, okay, that's good. We have just about. A- by the, I'm sorry. By the way, the ruble has lost about 12 percent of its value within the last two days. Just so. Oh wow! Oh, wow. So you know. Uh, we have just about uh, less, a little bit less than one minute before we go to a quick break, and we're talking with Konstantin Smoylov. Real quick question: How much access to outside information do you have in Russia? Plenty. We are not restricted. We can access to all media uh, outlets such as American, um, European, you know, Australian. The problem is most Russians don't speak English. Mm. Therefore, it's very limiting. I see. Is, uh, they're no longer limiting like Facebook and social platforms? Facebook is limited. It's banned. It's considered extremist uh, company. Um, uh, Instagram is banned. It's considered uh, illegal extremist organization. YouTube is not banned. It's it's hold uh, that thought. Okay. Hold that thought. We're talking to Konstantin Smoylov from inside Russia. After the break, I want to ask about uh, how the Russian people think of the military action in the Ukraine and and all of that. So much more to come. Don't go anywhere. Catholic Drive Time will be right back. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, I accept some of the things the church teaches, but I could never embrace the entire creed because there are some things in it that I just don't have any use for. 
G.K. Chesterton says, you might as well say that there's a great many things in the Encyclopedia Britannica that you don't have any use for. The church, like the Encyclopedia, is meant for everybody and not just for you. It is meant for everybody, which just happens to include you. The Catholic Church is a combination of things that are nevertheless one thing. We cannot accept only part of it without rejecting all of it. Want more than a minute? Visit our website at www.chesterton.org. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Konstantin Smoylov is our guest. He is the host of Inside Russia, a YouTube channel, a very insightful one. I encourage you to check him out on YouTube, Inside Russia. Welcome back to the show, Konstantin. Can I ask, what do Russians think about the military operation in Ukraine? Uh, it's a very tough topic for me to talk about. Um, frank, I, I'll put it frankly. Um, but my estimation, and my estimation goes along with what the Russian government says, I think um, they're not lying in this matter. Uh, about 75% of Russians support and 25% do not support, oppose, uh, give or take. And I know you have to be careful. Um, what's, can you maybe address that really quickly? So. Uh, you are monitored very carefully, and the sources and the stuff that you speak of when it comes to Ukraine has to kind of fall in line. Just reporting what the what the what your government uh, is putting out for bullet points. I mean, can maybe you explain that for us, please? Um, well, in this particular case, what I just answered, that's I absolutely agree with the Russian government on the statistics. Okay, that's my okay. personal understanding as well. That's what I'm seeing around me. Okay. Yeah. But yes, you are absolutely right. There are new laws. They were um, created after February 24th that basically limit us, uh, our freedom to speak up freely. You know, um, for example, if we say something that contradicts official government information about Russian army or actions of the Russian army, mm -hmm. then we face up to 15 years in prison. Um, First-degree murder is not that strict in terms of wow. prison, you know. Wow. You know, yeah. in, in the United States, we face a lot of censorship on social platforms. We are not allowed to to contradict uh, certain talking points about uh, whether it was the pandemic or or voting integrity or things like this. We get slapped on the wrist quite a bit, but we don't get threatened with prison. So that's kind of a big deal. Um, now, uh, so... We hear lots of stories about war crimes in Ukraine. Do you hear this, these stories as well? Only from Western media. Nothing, nothing uh, from the Russian media. From the Russian government, nothing like that. 
So do they, is it just that they don't address them at all, or do they have a side to the story? I think um, the all information that is coming out of Russian government, that's my opinion, mm -hmm. is um, very, like, highly filtered. Mm -hmm. And um, they're just not addressing anything that doesn't follow the party line, so to speak. We also hear of really high casualty rates in the Russian army, uh, which seems, in, you know, to compound the tragedy of the situation on both sides. Do you, what... What do you hear about Russian casualties? You see, one of the things, well, I'm outraged uh, in general about the whole situation, but if one of the things I'm outraged is that the Russian citizens are being kept in the dark, and we got the last update. We only have had two updates on uh, the number of Russian casualties so far. The first was seven days into this event, and uh, I can't even call its real name, if you know what I mean. I, I have to... Uh, avoid this word, you know. Um, and the second one was given us, the last one was given us on the 29th of March. That's three months ago. Okay, and wow. after that, no one even talks about it. It's not like they're denying, they're saying, oh, the casualties, this and that. No, they're just keeping silent. Like, we don't need to know. That's outrageous. Okay, mm -hmm. because that's uh, people dying. Okay, and if they start telling the numbers, people will probably start asking questions, you know? Mm -hmm. so, now, now, you lived in the United but, but, States. Uh, let, let, me, let me a couple more words. If I say right now something like, I think so many casualties and so forth, you know, I will be subject to criminal prosecution. Wow. According to that new law. Yeah. Wow. Well, we don't want that. Um, now you you lived you lived a number of years in the United States, and uh, so that y you're very familiar with our culture here. Now I, I I grew up. I mean, today is in fact is a terrible day. It's my birthday, uh, and as an old man now, I grew up at the end of the Cold War, and our culture was so much influenced by uh, United States against the USSR, as you are very well aware of. And, uh, in fact, just this past weekend, I watched a movie from the 80s called Cloak and Dagger, you know, and it was just bringing back all these memories. Um, there's so much pitted, like our, we're, we're, we're pitted against each other. How, what is that like from your perspective as someone who was born and raised in Russia but had lived in the United States? How did you experience that Cold War uh, culture? Back... Back in the USSR, I, I talk a lot about it on my channel because it's a very interesting topic for me as well. Back in the USSR, we had a very clear understanding that was coming from the government, that the official position, that the Western companies were enemies, the NATO countries were enemies, and the United States was enemy number one, the evil empire from the Star Wars, so to speak. <laughs> That's how it worked in the US. We didn't have Star Wars back then, but I'm just giving you a... Um, you know, comparison. And then, all of a sudden, in one day, everything fell apart. Just like that, in August of 91, and all of a sudden, we had complete freedom, okay? The truth came out, and what we used to call, what they used to call black, turned out to be white, white and vice versa. And the United States became a friend, from the enemy into a friend, and sort of like beacon of light, because 
Russia embraced American culture, American way of life, Western way of life, and America was like number one, was absolute friend. Um, well, then in the 90s, I went to the United States, ended up um, close to nine years there, spending close to nine years there. I lived in the state of Maine, like most of my time in the USA. And I returned to Russia, and things were okay. The United States were still our, was still our friend. Up until 2011, then things started changing. The agenda, um, you know, I remember the first time Vladimir Putin was running for re-election in 2011, and he had some kind of a national address addressing the nation, and that's the first time I heard the tide changing. He said something, well, they're friends, but we understand that they're not real friends, you know, they're partners, let's call them mm -hmm. partners. And they have their own interests, and sometimes those interests go against our interests. That was something new. And then that agenda started developing. It's been in development, increasingly developing, you know, for the next, uh, up until now, and starting February 24th, it's become madness. Not partners, but enemies. The United States officially, according to Russian law, is an enemy state. Uh, no, no, not an enemy, unfriendly state. <laughs> yeah, uh, if you understand what it means. And uh, many, many other countries are, I think, around 30, 36 countries. Most Western countries, most uh, countries of the European Union are unfriendlies. And the re rhetoric is, we have the enemies at the door, okay? We have, uh, we must be strong, we must unite, we must isolate ourselves from the influence of outside, and this is terrible. Mr. Uh, Samoylov, we're talking with uh, Konstantin Samoylov from uh, Inside Russia. You should check out his YouTube channel. It's called Inside Russia on YouTube. I have a question, you know, one of, one of, the, one of the really cool videos that you have is uh, going at the, the last day that McDonald's is, is open in Russia. Uh, they were closed down because of the sanctions. I believe they've been bought by uh, an independent party in Russia. But uh, I was just wondering if uh, in the last few minutes of our interview, if you could talk to us about what it was like uh, to to see uh, American corporations come into Russia like McDonald's and what the experience was like after the collapse of the USSR. McDonald's came to the USSR when uh, it still existed. <laughs> you know, back oh, okay. in 1990, and it was, how do I say that? It was life-changing experience, because imagine this, you have Soviet Union and friendly states in Eastern Europe, and you are basically surrounded by enemies, and the biggest enemy is the United States, and that's the evil empire again, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden, you wake up, and on state television, there's news that McDonald's, which is embodiment of the evil empire, of the enemy, opens up doors in the USSR. And you see a huge line. It's like you had to wait for three hours to get in. <laughs> and you see friendly faces, and you see people actually wearing colorful clothes. Mm. You see people smiling. Like, you got to understand, we didn't know what smiling when you buy something or inquire about something in terms mm -hmm. of goods and services was, it was non-existent. All of a sudden wow. you see these people smiling and they're happy that you came <laughs> and trying to buy hamburgers, right? Mm. It was 
life-changing experience for me. I remember in school, I showed up after like the next day, and my buddies, we got together and we were speechless. And everyone was like, did you see that? Yeah, yeah. And then one of our friends said, we got to go to Moscow. It's about 650 miles. We're going to save money now for a couple months. <laughs> we're going to go to Moscow. And we were 14 years old. We're going to go to Moscow. We're going to take a train. We're going to stand in line for three hours. And it's like peanuts, three hours. We stand in line for three hours every day anyway. You know, come on. That's we're going to have a big mock meal. And that was our idea for the summer, you know, yeah. <laughs> something to do. So basically McDonald's opened the door and it showed that there is a world outside of the USSR. And that world is not, not what, we had ex- what we had thought of it was, uh, you know, we started asking questions to government, like, wait a second. There are good people out there. What are you telling us then? Mm. Why have you been telling what lies all these years? Lots of questions. Uh, And another thing that uh, really showed us the way was NBA. They started showing NBA games. uh, Oh, like basketball. Yes, (laughs) basketball. You know, Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, the Lakers, the Chicago Bulls. And then, you know, there's such great commercials and there's a show. (laughs) Like Soviet basketball was completely different. And all of a sudden we saw like, Martians came, <laughs> and that that was the effect. The Martians came, and we were like, "Wow, wait a second, there's something wrong here." Hey, we want yeah. that. We don't want this. Okay. Yeah. So that basically what effect McDonald's had on the USSR, at least on uh, my mind and wow, on the minds right. of people that I know. Well, we are out of time. Konstantin Smoylov, Inside Russia. We're grateful for you being on today and giving us some insight in what life is like in Russia. We're Thank you. We're praying for for all the the people of Russia not to suffer. I don't know why we punish people instead of governments. But anyway, God bless you. Thank you, and have a great day. Thank you. God bless. That's going to do it for the first hour of Catholic Drive Time. Check them out on YouTube, Inside Russia. If you can hang out with us in the next hour, Phil Lawler from CatholicCulture.org is going to be our guest. We'll see you then. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Who are the ten most well-known preachers in America? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Here's the list. Copeland, Osteen, Benny Hinn, Joyce Myers, T.D. Jakes, Stephen Furtick, Andy Stanley, Robert Jeffers, Rick Warren, Alistair Begg, John MacArthur. Well, secondly, all these pastors say the same thing on Sunday morning, which is, turn with me in your Bible. Well, then how's the harmony regarding, say, eternal security, disagreement, present-day ministry of the Holy Spirit, Disagreement. Relationship of baptism to salvation. Disagreement. Church government. Disagreement. Life beginning at conception until natural death. Disagreement. And eschatology. Disagreement. So what's going on here? Well, if you are someone who says, all I need is the word of God, brother, because the Bible is going to give me everything I need to live out the Jesus life. Okay. Hope you've already ditched your favorite blogger, your favorite preacher, your favorite podcaster, and most of all, your religious Google searches. Well, speaking of Google searches, I do request one last Google search for you. Magisterium. This is a Messy Family Minute with Mike and Alicia Hernan. Over the past year, many dioceses have given Catholics a dispensation from attending Mass because of the pandemic. This has led to a certain amount of confusion regarding the importance of the Lord's Day. The Catechism tells us 
The institution of the Lord's Day helps everyone enjoy rest and leisure to cultivate their familial, cultural, social, and religious lives. So celebrating Sunday isn't merely a time for us to go to Mass, though that is the most important thing you can do that day. But the Church tells us to also invest in our familial life. Spend time with your kids, play games, watch a family movie, or take a day trip. Develop your cultural life by visiting a museum or attending a festival or going hiking together. Cultivate your social life by having other families over, spending time in service of others. Let's use the Lord's Day to be refreshed and renewed as a family through prayer and cultivating true leisure. For more ideas on developing your family culture, visit us at MessyFamilyMinute.org. Are you on the CDT Insider email list? Hi, Joe McLean here. And every week I send you cool stuff straight to your inbox. Goodies that you're not going to want to miss. Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT and get signed up today. Hi, I'm Father Preston Cantella from Our Lady of Perpetual Help in Sweeney and St. John the Apostle in West Columbia. You're listening to the AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. We just wrapped up a great conversation with Konstantin Smoylov uh, from Russia. Try to get some, uh, you know, some insight into what life is like on the other side of the news cycle, because, you know, the news that we get here is it's pretty biased. So we wanted to get a sort of a, an opinion, a look into, an insight, what is life like over there? And uh, I found it very fascinating, but let's pray for, for all those that would uh, try to speak to the, West, to the West from Russia, because they are facing 15 years in prison if, if the government there uh, doesn't approve of something they might say. So it's a pretty serious situation. He takes a great risk in speaking out, and he has to be very careful, and we appreciate that. But nonetheless, very fascinating conversation. If you missed the conversation with Constantine, well, let me encourage you, check us out on our podcast feed. Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Although we had a problem with our podcast feed, Adrian. That got repaired? Yes, there is a issue with our skimmer, which means that normally our podcast feed takes the radio show immediately after and posts it for us. Mm. And that was uh, down for a couple of days. So it should be working now, and we'll get those the, the episodes. There's three episodes that didn't get up, and so Got those it. will be up. Got it. Well, praise be to God. Hey, I, let me just give a special shout-out to our CDT insiders hanging out with us over on our, our uh, Instagram. Or not Instagram. It's Telegram. <laughs> There's a gram involved. Live streaming on Instagram again. There's a gram involved. It's a Telegram, our private Telegram group. Luz, good morning to you. And Peter, good morning to you. Monica, Joshua, Noel, uh, praise be to God. Damon, good to see you here. Clarissa, Tammy, Mike K., our friend from Virginia, praise be to God. Good morning to you. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Forrest, Shannon, I see you over there. Uh, glad, so glad you guys are hanging out with us today. So uh, if you want to hang out with us, dear listener, and interact directly, if you want to get in on the CDT Telegram group, well, uh, you one way you can do that is by joining our email list, and I will send you the instructions later today on how you might join our insider crew just go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT to sign up for the CDT Insider email list, and you'll get that those instructions later today in your inbox. I also always look for something really cool to send you as sort of like entertainment of the week. I uh, uh, can't wait. Yeah, praise be to God. So uh, 
you know, sign up today. You can always sign up via texting as well. So pull out your smartphone and text the letters GRN to the number 42828. That's it. Super simple, very straightforward. Just text the letters GRN to the number 42828, and you'll get on the CDT Insider email list right away. And we will, of course, send you something in your inbox right away just to say thank you for signing up to the list. It's a special talk by Father Bill Casey of the Fathers of Mercy, not the Franciscans. Just, <laughs> just want to be clear. Really want to be clear here. Okay. Adrian, I see the look in your eye. Big difference. Big diff. Father Bill Casey prays the rosary. <laughs> yes. The one from the Fathers of Mercy, you mean? Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's a great talk. It's a powerful talk. And that's going to get in your email inbox right away for signing up. So thank you for that. Coming up in just a moment, uh, Phil Lawler from CatholicCulture.org is going to be our guest. I'm going to have a couple of conversations about some of the articles they're posting over there, which is really, really good, by the way, like how not to respond to overturning Roe v. Wade. A very good one there. encourage you to check that out. But to everybody who's been uh, wishing me a happy birthday, thank you for that. I appreciate it. But it is the worst day on the calendar, so let's just move on. It That's really is the worst day, but unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. we have to celebrate it. So make sure you wish no, we don't. Joe McClain no, we don't. a very happy birthday no. today. No, say some prayers mm -hmm. for him. He really needs it. Nope. And well, more he, importantly, say true. a prayer for his family. He yes. told me yes, that true. he wants people to sing happy birthday no, like Marilyn Monroe did. No, I don't. Happy birthday. Fake news. How's it go? Joe McClain. I should let you do this. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. No, I just did. Please. Don't let I him do did. it. I just did. <laughs> yes. Let me get my wig. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's gotten creepy yeah. this really gone, fast. This has gone in a weird place. Oh, by the way, uh, we are having our game show coming up uh, at 15 past the hour. So make sure you are ready and on standby with the phone number. I will give it to you when it's time, and you can get your chance to win the prize pack this week. So the fear and trembling is coming up, so stick around for that. But joining us right now is Phil Lawler from CatholicCulture.org. Good morning to you, Phil. Good morning and happy birthday. Ah, thanks. Praise be to God. It's good to have you on the show again. It's been a while. Uh, there's so much uh, to cover here today. Let's start with, uh, I want to I, I wrap up with the how not to respond to Roe. Can we start with your take on the Pope's interview and his comments on overturning Roe and Nancy Pelosi re receiving communion? Well, his comments on overturning Roe were really headed in two directions at once. On the one hand, he said, as he said in the past, that, that abortion is indefensible. He compared it to hiring a hitman. I guess that makes it pretty clear he's not in favor of the practice, mm. but then he made that sort of Delphic comment about when a bishop becomes political, then he loses his pastoral, uh, I'm trying to remember, he says, when a bishop loses his pastoral nature, it causes a political problem. Right, yeah. And actually, I think that's exactly upside down, mm -hmm. because uh, it's a pastoral measure that Archbishop Cordelioni has taken by telling uh, Speaker Pelosi that she should not re cannot receive communion because he's, he's worried about her immortal soul. That's pastoral. Mm. And it, it is a political problem when you worry about the political implications of doing what you should as a pastor do. So yeah. as I said, I think uh, when a bishop worries first about political problem, he loses his pastoral nature. The thought, the thought came to my mind when I read that from his interview was, well, college, you is your holiness. 
just how long ought a bishop to wait after trying for years before they get to this point? I mean, is there never a time when one should, uh, you know, suspend um, a member of his flock from coming to communion because of their persistent public scandal and, and sin in this regard? I'm like, I just want to ask the question, um, it, it, would you recommend this at all ever? And it seems like he probably wouldn't. What say you, Phil Lawler? I think you're right. And he has said on another occasion, he said he's never denied anybody communion. Well, that's not the same as saying that he never would. But we have no indication of what is the line that you can't cross. Right. You know, what, what is the limit of your patience? And again, this is not a political issue. This, it, it is a pastoral issue that you as a bishop have to decide. Yeah. Uh, very, very interesting. And then, of course, the juridical comments on overturning Roe instead of saying, yeah, this is good news. Praise be to God. I mean, like it was just I don't have enough information to make a juridical opinion. That seemed weird. Well, that's true. It is because, uh, you know, Pope Francis is pretty free with his opinions. And he doesn't have to be a constitutional lawyer to say, I'm glad that this decision which allows for the murder of the unborn has been overturned. You, it, you don't have to delve into the constitutional nicety to go that far. So in that respect, it was a little disappointing, too. Mm. Um, you know, he doesn't seem to have uh, much trouble, you know, suppressing traditional Catholics when it comes to communion or liturgy. He seems to have a trend there. But he did put out this new letter, and you have an article over CatholicCulture.org on that. What was your hot take on the Pope's new letter? Well, I thought it was, as I put it, it was a non sequitur. He's, he, it's the apostolic letter on the liturgy in which he is saying we have to safeguard our communion. We have to be astonished at the beauty of the liturgy. And, of course, he's saying this as the Roman pontiff, whose role it is to unite the, the faithful, to unite all of the faithful, to, to be a focus of unity. So unity, yes, good thing. Uh, but then the thrust of the letter is we can't have unity with the traditionalists because they're doing something that's at, at odds with Vatican II. Well, most of the traditionalists that I know would say, look, give us the liturgy of Vatican II. Give us what Vatican II actually recommended. That's what we're looking for. That is not in practice what we have. Yeah, I think it's a misconception. Uh, a lot of times, modernists seem to suggest that Vatican II wanted what we have today as the Novus Ordo, but that's not true, is it? It's not. I mean, the Novus Ordo took off uh, from uh, Sacrosanctum Concilium. There was a commission that was appointed by the Pope to to reform the liturgy, and it took off on its own. And if you look at the Vatican document and you look at what we now have celebrated uh, in our parishes today, you'll see that there's, there's a huge difference. And if, if we could go back to this, what the council taught and say, okay, uh, let's reconcile this. Let's adapt our liturgy back to what the council taught. Most of the traditionalists I know would be absolutely delighted. You know, it's it's kind of ironic. I don't want to belabor the point, but uh, I've listened to commentary from SSPX uh, provincials on this very subject, 
And I've heard them say, listen, when it comes to Vatican II, we probably uphold more of it than most modern uh, clergy or bishops do. Uh, in comparison, if you're just looking at the raw numbers, they, I even heard the the, the priest in uh, Canada say, at least 80 to 85 percent they're perfectly fine with. They just want to dialogue and debate on the uh, remaining portions. He says, but good luck getting uh, the other side of that equation to support even that much of Vatican II. I find that completely ironic. Yes, and I think another irony, irony if we're talking about uh, promoting unity among the faithful, there is very little unity from one parish to another in the Nova Sordo. I'm sure you know, as I know, if you're going on vacation in the summer, you <laughs> ask yourself, where are we going to go to Mass and what can we expect there? And the answer is, we don't know what we can expect. Yeah. Because the variety of, of implementations of, of the Nova Sordo is so great mm. that there is no unity among the faithful. Yeah, great point. All right, let's turn to how not to respond to the Roe reversal. Great article at catholicculture.org. What are your suggestions there? Well, I think that the first thing that I want to make sure people understand is we can't undertake this debate on the terms of the other side. Uh, First and foremost, we cannot accept what the liberals are saying, that the Supreme Court has thwarted the democratic process. That's nonsense. The democratic process was thwarted in 1973 when Roe v. Wade, with Roe v. Wade, the Supreme Court, on its own, with no constitutional mandate, overthrew the laws that had duly enacted by the people's representatives in all 50 states. Now, the Supreme Court has said, okay, we're going to let the people and their elected representatives decide. What's undemocratic about that? You That's know, the first thing that I want to say. Uh, I, I also want to say, uh, don't allow the other side to determine the terms of the debate in terms of yes. what Americans want. Right. You see the polls saying that most Americans support Roe v. Wade. That's because most Americans don't understand how extreme Roe v. Wade is. Mm -hmm. If you ask most Americans, do you support unrestricted abortion on demand up until birth, which is the practical effect of Roe v. Wade, there's a huge majority say, no, 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 we do want some restrictions. And, and that's what the Supreme Court's now allowing. You know, um, every time the poll comes out, a oh, majority of Americans uh, support this or that. It's, I, I just want to remind Catholics, well, we don't do this because of a majority of anybody supports this. It's either right or it's wrong. Let the chips fall where they may, right? Well, there's that too, yeah, even if the majority. But again, I, d I don't want to concede that the majority is against us. I don't think the majority is against us. I think the majority has been thoroughly indoctrinated by 40 years of propaganda uh, with the mass media working in lockstep with the abortion industry so that the perception out there, and if you read the newspapers, you have this perception mm -hmm. that the Supreme Court just made it impossible to get an abortion anywhere, anytime. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, let's have a little reality as well as a little morality. Well, we're down to it with Phil Lawler uh, from CatholicCulture.org. Great website. I look at it practically every single morning when we're getting ready for the show. Great uh, commentary. Lots of uh, news aggregation that happens there as well. CatholicCulture.org. Check it out. Phil, thank you for your time today. It's good to hear your voice, and we look forward to having you back soon. Thank you. I hope we can do it again soon. Yeah. All right. Praise be to God. It is time to play our game show, Fear and Trembling, where you might win some cool prizes, but you have to make a phone call. 
Try your hand right now. Phone lines are open at 877-757-9424. That phone number is 877-757-9424. Call right now, 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Here at Shriveling is up next. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say that Catholic theology is too dogmatic? That the faith should be freer, more liberal? Well, G.K. Chesterton says there will be no end to the weary debates about liberalizing theology until people face the fact that the only liberal part of it is really the dogmatic part. Their problem, he says, is not that there's not enough freedom in the dogma, but rather too much. The dogma gives man too much freedom when it permits him to actually be responsible for his sins. The dogma gives God too much freedom when it permits him to suffer and die. The dogma gives the church too much freedom when it gives it authority. It's not the doctrines that limit us. It is the denial of them. It's only the truth that makes us free. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. How much havoc would be caused at your church if your pastor brought a big statue of St. Peter or St. Paul and placed them in the sanctuary? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, history's on the side of the Catholic Church. Christian art in many forms dates way back to about 120 A.D. And so do those various Christian symbols which we still see today. You know, a dove, a fish, a lamb. Why are those okay? Secondly, the Bible, Exodus, Numbers, and Ezekiel... All these books show God telling Moses, David, or Ezekiel to carve out images of angels that were used in worship. And and thirdly, a tough comeback, especially for my guy friends. Does Cooperstown, Canton, or Cleveland mean anything to you? Yep, the Hall of Fame locations filled with statues, jerseys, bats, and balls. Memorabilia is a $37 billion industry, but you say, don't bring a statue into my church. Well, how many of you guys have admired one of those bronze statues of an athlete? I'd rather stare at St. Peter's, Paul, and Mary in my church, and I'm not talking about the old folk band. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host... Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling. The Catholic Trivia Game Show with secrets and agendas. So please do me a favor and tell nobody what I'm about to share with you. All right? That's the deal. But uh, if you will keep this between us, uh, number one, we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions where you might learn something cool about the Catholic faith that you did not know before, which you can use at the next cocktail party to show off. That's going to be a lot of fun. And then, of course, number two, we like to have a laugh. We like to have a good time. And our callers are certifiably amazing. Praise be to Jesus. And then, of course, number three is we give out prizes, which is, you know, basically a winner for everybody involved. But if you're new here, I shall explain. I do have three Catholic trivia questions in front of me, but we will not be asking the caller the questions. So you don't need to know any of the correct answers and could still win our game because I will ask Rudy, I will ask Adrian. One of them will give us a correct answer. The other will give us an incorrect answer. 
And the caller will then have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Whomst do they trust more, Rudy or Adrian? And every correct answer will go into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what could they win? Praise be to God. Joe, I was thinking the other day, you know, I have this old prayer book from the uh, mm. 1920s. Ooh. And I'm thinking, wow, this thing has really changed my life. And Praise be to God. I started uh, making the connection here. On this side of the veil, we can't truly know the power that a prayer card has on our soul or our spiritual growth. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. Catholic Printing Press understands that. And they're on a journey to recover, restore, and reproduce the forgotten holy cards of the past contemplative age of the church. And they pray that their projects will edify and help sustain the prayer lives of the lady. This week, they've generously offered uh, an assortment of prayer cards. And these aren't just like any prayer cards. These are heirloom quality prayer cards. One of them is made out of lace. Wow. And uh, if you want to get some for yourself, you want to check out their wares, go to CatholicPrintingPress.com. CatholicPrintingPress.com. Thank you very much for sponsoring our game show this week. Amen to that. Praise be to God for CatholicPrintingPress.com. Let's go to the phones. Good morning to you, Nancy. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, everyone at CDT. Praise be to God. Where are you calling from, Nancy? I am in the Chicago area. Wow. Hey. That's a first time for us. Well, no, we've had a... Oh, really? It's, but it's been like... It's been a long time. A long time since Chicago's been You're in uh, Emily's wow. stomping grounds. Yeah. Praise be to God, Nancy. How how do you how do you connect to CDT? How do you listen? Um, Either through YouTube or Facebook. How Praise wonderful. God. Well, God love you, Nancy. We're very grateful that you're on the show today. Uh, where do you go to church? St. John Cantus. Oh, Ooh, yes, nice. beautiful. Yes, Good choice. Yes. I've I got never, to stay with them for a week. I've never been there, but I have streamed their masses on a number of occasions. It's, uh, is it as beautiful in person as it looks on video? Much more so. I Much agree. more so, yes, absolutely. They're reliquary. Mm-hmm. Mm. Really? Amazing. That good. <laughs> that is, it deserves a mmm. It does. That's that good. Adrian it does. says okay. all of the finest <laughs> yes. Like I usually reserve <laughs> the finest mm bones for chocolate, but okay. okay. <laughs> they have a whole skeleton <laughs> of a of a saint. The entire skeleton. Wow. Uh, it's pretty amazing. Praise be to God. Well, Nancy, uh, are you familiar with the game and the rules? I am. I am. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then then you know you you know that it's just me and you. I mean, we, we're all each other has in order to get through the difficulty. Are you saying we're all in this wow. together? No. Everyone? I'm saying Nancy and I are in this against Rudy and Adrian. Uh-huh. That's that's how this works. An uneasy alliance, as they say. An uneasy alliance, huh? It's over uh, for you. And Nancy, just to give you some inside baseball here, Rudy does not have a tie on and <laughs> seems to be wearing I, I salmon. I noticed that. Yeah. I noticed. Make of that data as you will. Mm-hmm. But we shall begin if you are ready, Nancy. I am. Yep. Let's do this. We will start as is our custom, our patrimony, our CDF-approved tradition with Rudy Carlos. Team Rudy, good morning to you. Good morning, Team Joe. <laughs> is there, and Nancy. Is there, okay, it's Team Nancy. Joe's just on the team. That's all. <laughs> Come on, her team. All right, are you ready, sir? Uh, yeah, I'm ready. Praise be to God. Are you sure? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Huh. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay, yeah. good, good. Let's start with an easy one. Okay. Super easy. All right. What was Paul's original name? All right. Okay, so Paul was actually from South America. Really? And that's something that's that's been discussed, debated by biblical scholars. Are He's from sure? South America. Uh-huh. Yeah. His okay. original name was Raul. Really? Yeah. 
Raul. Can you believe that? Well, <laughs> the question is, does it Nancy sounds incredible. The, kinda, yeah. yeah. Well, but uh, you know, what is impossible with God? The history of the world is migration. Or as, as they say. Raul would say, if God is on our side, who could be against us? True. All right, let's see what Adrian says. Adrian, can you tell me? Oh, uh, maybe. Um, what was Paul's original name? What was Paul's original name? Not his new name, which would be Paul. <laughs> okay, so not that one. Yes. Okay, okay, just yes. making sure, just mm -hmm. making sure. Yeah. Well, in South America, one might name their kid Saul, but Paul was Saul. I what? see. So you're not going with Raul. I am not. Okay. Well, Nancy from Chicago, you have choices. Uh, Adrian seems to think Paul was originally Saul, whereas Rudy is going with Raul. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? And who's just spicy? Nancy, what say you? <laughs> I'm going to have to go with Adrian on this one. You just have to, right? I'm like, what choice do you have? Your hands no, are tied. Please, Nancy, do not feel guilty about admitting Adrian's Way to go, correct, Nancy. Publicly. Nancy, clearly you are a woman of good taste. <laughs> Can you imagine falling off your horse? <laughs> no. Uh, it's debated whether or not he actually had a horse. That's true. Hmm. That's true. Yeah. It's, they, so, might, they think it might yeah, be South just America, from that's right. South, yeah, South America. America. That makes no sense to have horses <laughs> at that time. Raul. That's hilarious. All right. Saul is the correct answer. Just to be clear, Saul is the correct answer. Uh, congratulations, Nancy. You are in the cup. You could win. Let's go to question number two. We will go to Adrian this time. Good morning uh -oh. to you, Adrian. Good morning. Question. Answer. Are Catholics allowed to be a member of Odd Fellows? Of Odd Fellows? Correct. Oh, man. Not those guys. Not those. No, 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 no. You can't be part of the Odd Fellows. No Odd Fellows? It's kind of odd, to be honest. Not going to uh, lie. I don't know. I've met a few Odd Fellows at the Catholic Church. I'm not surprised. Okay. I'm not surprised, <laughs> to be completely honest. All right. Let's just see what... Uh, I wonder, in fact, what... Uh, what Rudy's going to say here. Uh, hey, Rudy, can you tell me, are Catholics allowed to be a member of the Odd Fellows? Well, yes, you can. You can. And as you mentioned, Joe, there mm -hmm. are a lot of Odd Fellows. I mean, you talk to some of the guys after Mass. I know. You hear their oh, takes, and you're like, man. Awkward. Let this guy in here. <laughs> yeah. Like, can I see your Catholic card, please, sir? <laughs> yeah, whip that thing out. I want to see it. All right, uh, Nancy, the, the question is, can Catholics be a member of the Odd Fellows? Rudy says yes, and Adrian says no. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Nancy in Chicago, what say you? Wow, that is a good one. Um, I would say that I would have to go again with Adrian with a no. You're going to admit Adrian twice in a, in a row? Wow. Truly, Nancy, you are a woman of mm. great brilliance. <laughs> Clearly. Wise. Now, out of all the Rocky films, what was your favorite, Nancy? Oh, my goodness. By far, it had to be Rocky IV. Just Russia. <laughs> nice. 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 Drago. No Hi like, to the Cold War. You like the Drago film? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I yeah. must break you. Very good. <laughs> classic. Classic. Okay. Is that the one where he says, sweep the leg? No. It's a joke. Get him. <laughs> All right, let's go to the third question. Back to Rudy this time. Mr. Sweep the Leg. Good grief. Uh, let me ask you this. What is the term for a religious letter addressed from a superior to a subordinate? 
Ah, yes. That is what's known as an epistle. And I'm not talking about uh, Smith & Wesson here. I'm talking about a letter addressed to a superior or a subordinate. It's called a what again? An epistle. An epistle? Yeah, an epistle. A pistol. An epistle. A pistol. Interesting pronunciation. Mm, interesting. Like from South America, you say, epistle. Epistle. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Um, <clears throat> Adrian. That's me. I know that in your time at university, you must have seen at least one of these in your, oh. you know, in all those years. Mm. Can you tell me what is the term for a religious letter addressed from a superior to a subordinate? Okay. Yes. A letter that's addressed from a superior to a subordinate mm-hmm. is called a moto proprio. A moto proprio. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Is it appropriate? Is the question. It might be. Uh, Nancy, you have choices. Uh, this letter, this religious letter from a superior to subordinate. Uh, Adrian seems to think it's called a moto proprio, whereas Rudy says a pistol, but I think it means a pistol. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Nancy in Chicago, what say you? Oh, my goodness. I will go with Rudy Carlos on this one. You're not going to go with Adrian for three in a row? So wise. <laughs> Can't fool her. Nancy is just the class act. A pistol. Also, the old fellows are basically just Freemasons. Yeah. Yep. It's a pistol is yeah. the correct answer, not a pistol. It's a pistol. A pistol. Congratulations, Nancy. Perfect score. You didn't swing at any single one of those curveballs. You did great. Congratulations. Those, those Cantius people, they, uh, they're pretty wise, huh? Yeah. Pretty, they teach them well. No odd fellows there, good catechi- sure. Good catechism no. there. <laughs> God love you, Nancy. Thanks for playing our game. Thanks for being an insider, hanging out with us every single day on YouTube. Which, well, by the way, we're getting ready to go there. We're going to put you on hold, Nancy, but God bless you. Have a great day. Thank you. That is going to do it for the radio side of our show. We'd love to have you back on the program. Carrie Gress is going to be on tomorrow uh, to talk about the uh, anti-Mary expose. Dave Palmer will be here. We might have other guests, so stick around for that. Otherwise, join us in the after show right now on one of our live video streams, grnonline.com forward slash C-D-T. God bless you. God love you. See you tomorrow. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's Facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Welcome to the Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel. Today we celebrate Thursday of the 14th week in Ordinary Time. The intention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers and for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio. Come Holy Ghost, Creator blessed, vouchsafe within our souls to rest.
Come with thy grace and heavenly aid and fill the hearts which thou hast made and fill the hearts which thou hast made. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. My brothers and sisters, let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do. Through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask the Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and to you, my brothers and sisters, pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kyrie eleison. Christe eleison. Christe eleison. Let us pray. O God, who in the abasement of your Son have raised up a fallen world, fill your faithful with holy joy. For on those you have rescued from slavery to sin, you bestow eternal gladness. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Hosea. Thus says the Lord, when Israel was a child, I loved him. Out of Egypt, I called my son. The more I called them, the farther they went from me, sacrificing to the Baals and burning incense to idols. Yet it was I who taught Ephraim to walk, who took them in my arms. I drew them with human cords, with bands of love. I fostered them like one who raises an infant to his cheeks. Yet though I stooped to feed my child, they did not know that I was their healer. My heart is overwhelmed. My pity is stirred. I will not give vent to my blazing anger. I will not destroy Ephraim again. For I am God and not man, the Holy One present among you. I will not let the flames consume you. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us see your face, Lord, and we shall be saved. Let us see your face, Lord, and we shall be saved. O shepherd of Israel, hearken. From your throne upon the cherubim, shine forth. Rouse your power. Let us see your face, Lord, and we shall be saved. Once again, O Lord of hosts, look down from heaven and see. Take care of this vine and protect what your right hand has planted, the Son of Man, whom you yourself made strong. Let us see your face, Lord, and we shall be saved. Alleluia, 
kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Hallelujah. 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 The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord. Jesus said to his apostles, As you go, make this proclamation. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, drive out demons. Without cost you have received, without cost you are to give. Do not take gold or silver or copper for your belts, no sack for the journey or a second tunic or sandals or walking stick. The laborer deserves his keep. Whatever town or village you enter, look for a worthy person in it and stay there until you leave. As you enter a house, wish it peace. If the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. If not, let your peace return to you. Whoever will not receive you or listen to your words, go outside that house or town and shake the dust from your feet. Amen, I say to you, it will be more tolerable for, for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for that town. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Again, this week kind of unfolds the Gospel that we had this past Sunday. Jesus sending out, in this case, his apostles, or his disciples, to go and to proclaim the kingdom of God is at hand. And he gives very explicit instructions as we go out. He says, without cost you have received, without cost you are to give. Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, drive out demons. These will be signs. But also, to take, do not take gold or silver or copper for your belts. No sack for the journey or a second tunic or sandals or walking stick. The labor deserves his keep. So as we go out, we are really to rely completely on the Lord, on his providence. That uh, We often have those things we call just in cases. I have, I have my suitcases when I go to travel, and then I have my just-in-cases. My just-in-cases, everything is just in case the flight's delayed, just in case I, I get stuck, just in case it, I have half of my bag is things that I really need, and the other half is just-in-cases. But the Lord is saying, okay, I need to reduce those things from my bag so that I completely rely on the Lord. The things I need, yes, but the Lord is going to provide, and we have to trust in that word. Uh, one thing is disciples that wherever we go, whatever house that we enter, we are to wish it peace. And we should do this explicitly. To uh, wish peace upon every place that we enter. And if, if a peaceful person is there, our peace will remain. And if not, we don't have to worry. That peace will return to us in our hearts. But to wish a place peace. To wish it peace is to wish it to be ordered according to the order of Christ, the order of God. So that's the first thing when we enter a house. When we look back actually at this, uh, in Luke's version from we had this past Sunday, Luke mentions one extra detail that I think is, is so interesting. He says, uh, whatever house you enter, eat what is set before you. And then he says it again, in fact. And uh, when he says, whatever town you enter, eat what is placed before you. And that's where he says, where the labor deserves his wage. I got an interesting uh, experience when I was still in the seminary. One of my summer assignments was to be in uh, to do prison ministry in Houston, and uh, when we weren't doing, when we didn't have an assignment in one of the prisons in a particular day, then we were we were supposed to go downtown Houston and just visit the homeless 
I mean, we didn't have any other task but to be with the homeless. There were two of us. So we run around, there we are wearing our gray habits. We must have been quite a sight walking around the city of Houston for hours and just visiting, uh, and just talking to homeless people. Remember this one lady in particular? And she, she had a little, a little stereo out she had on, her, on her shopping cart, and she was bebopping to her little radio. And uh, as we come up, you know, as, as she, we just introduce ourselves. She doesn't say very much, but then she, she looks in her bags and she pulls out this, uh, you know, one of those like summer sausages that you receive uh, in, at, at Christmas time, you know, and wrapped in the plastic. And, uh, and she starts to open this thing. And those words that, from, that, from the Gospel of Luke have come to mind. says, eat what is placed before you. And I'm like, oh boy, this could get really interesting, you know? And she's bebopping to her little radio, and then, you, then, she, then she wipes her nose. She's got this like real thick snot coming out and all this. Everything. She looks like she has a cold. And then she pulls out this rusty knife. I mean, you don't know where, how, where this thing has been, you know? And she starts cutting the summer sausage and says, she's going to give this to us, you know? Sure enough, she feeds us with this. I mean, that thing could have been around for months in the summer heat of July, you know, in Houston. This summer sausage, and I just wrote the, those words of the Lord, eat what is placed before you. I mean, he goes on in different places to say, you will drink deadly poison and nothing will happen to you. You will tread on serpents. And we have to trust as his disciples in those words. The words, anchor ourselves in those words of Jesus. He has given us a promise. Just like at the very end of that first reading, he says, I will not let the flames consume you. The Lord will protect us as we are missionary disciples going out to proclaim the gospel of the kingdom of God. We have to trust in that word. Always remembering that, as he says, the, the harvest is abundant, the laborers are few. God has already gone before us and planted those seeds. We are there to give it a little water. But to trust, to take nothing with us, to rely completely on the Lord. That's what we have to do. That's what he instructs us as his disciples. May we live faithfully this word. Truly the kingdom of God is at hand. May we also accept that kingdom, repent in believing in the words of Jesus, and so bring about the, or continue to bring about the mission, the fruitfulness of the mission of Christ in our lives and the lives around us. Dear brothers and sisters, gathered as one to celebrate the good things we have received from our God. Let's ask him to prompt in us prayers that are worthy of his hearing. Let us pray for Francis, our Pope, Michael, our Bishop, and all the clergy, with the people entrusted to their charge. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. In the spirit of the gospel today, remembering that the harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few, let us ask the Lord, as us beg the Lord, to raise up laborers for his harvest, missionaries, uh, true evangelizers, to bring the gospel to all in need. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Let's pray for those who hold public office and those who assist them in promoting the common good. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Mindful in the summertime of those who travel by sea or land or air, for those who are captives, for all who are held in prison, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer for the sick, for the suffering, the lonely, uh, for those who are homeless, those who are unemployed, or those who have no one to care for them. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Let's pray for all of us gathered in this sacred place by faith and devotion.
and by love and reverence for God, for those who are joining us online through Guadalupe Radio Media, for their intentions, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Those who have died, for all the holy souls in purgatory, that they may rest in peace, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. May the petitions of your church be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, so that we may receive from your mercy what we cannot ask out of confidence in our own merits, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Come thou almighty King, help us thy name to sing, help us to praise, Father all-glorious, or all-victorious, come and reign over us, Ancient of Days. Come Thou incarnate Word, gird on Thy mighty sword, our prayer attend. Come and Thy people bless, and give Thy word success. Establish Thy righteousness, Savior and Friend. Come, Holy Comforter, Thy sacred witness bear in this glad hour. Thou who almighty art, rule in, now rule in every heart, and ne'er from us depart, Spirit of power. Pray, dearly beloved, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands, praise and glory of his name for our good and good of all his holy church. May this oblation dedicated to your name purify us, O Lord, and day by day bring our conduct closer to the light of heaven through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just our duty and our salvation. Always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God. For just as through your beloved Son you created the human race, so also through him, with great goodness, you formed it anew. And so it is right that all your creatures serve you, all the redeemed praise you, and all your saints with one heart bless you. Therefore, we too extol with all the angels and saints, as in joyful celebration we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Plenis Uncelia Terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excessis, Benedictus, 
through whom you bestow in the world all that is good. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. Preceptus salutaribus moniti, et divina institutione formati, audemus dicere, Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil, graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And, and with your spirit. The suffrage of the sign of peace. On your stay, quietoris pegatamoni, miserere nobis. On your stay, quietoris pegatamoni, miserere nobis. On your stay, Dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Taste and see that the Lord is good. 
Blessed the man who seeks refuge in him. An act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Jesus, my Lord, my God, my all, how can I love thee as I ought? And how revere this wondrous gift, so far surpassing hope or thought? Sweet sacrament, we thee adore. Oh, make us love thee more and more. Oh, make us love thee more and more. Had I but Mary's sinless heart, with which to love the dearest King. Oh, with what bursts of fervent praise Thy goodness, Jesus, would I sing. Sweet sacrament, we thee adore, Oh, make us love thee more and more. Oh, make us love thee more and more. Well, let us pray. Grant, we pray, O Lord, that having been replenished by such great gifts, we may gain the prize of salvation and never cease to praise you through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go and announce the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Holy God, we praise thy name. Lord of all, we bow before Thee. The Prayer to St. Michael St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do Thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruins of souls. Amen. 
prayer of deliverance. Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels, St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Transmitting the treasures of our Catholic faith to your radio every day. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. My name's Alyssa Vigil from St. Ignatius of Loyola.